Welcome to Soul Hearted Living with Dr. Deborah Rebel, a podcast dedicated to guiding your path to well being and personal transformation. Welcome to the Soul Hearted Living podcast. Today we're going to talk about a spiritual principle letting it be. It's a good way to release energy blocks by letting it all be, a spiritual practice highlighted in Paul McCartney's inspirational song of the same title. Simply saying to ourselves, let it be, informs our brains that we have entered a no-judgment zone. In this heart space, we divest ourselves of our attachment to a person or situation and eliminate any negativity or resistance associated with that person. Letting it be encourages self-compassion, forgiveness, and an acceptance of our own and others' soul journeys. Letting it be goes beyond releasing judgment and resentment toward our past experiences. It also allows us to trust the divine unfolding of our lives and making choices that align with our soul's path as they as we lead with our hearts as they whisper words of wisdom. Letting it be also means maintaining a healthy detachment from any expected result. Having expectations of ourselves, others, or situations can create energy blocks that interrupt the flow of love because having expectations set us up for stress and disappointment. Attachments to specific results often prohibit the possibility of even better outcomes by keeping us locked within certain parameters of expectation. Even if our expectations may be positive, we impede the flow of energy by focusing on one specific outcome instead of trusting that we will receive exactly what we need for our personal transformation at any particular time. By contrast, remaining detached from a specific outcome allows us to be in a state of, of expanded awareness and we can more easily recognize the negative thoughts or reactions that get in the way of our flow of love. It also helps us perceive our circumstances from a much broader perspective of our soul's journey. A couple of weeks ago, I had a practice letting it be. The movie that I went to see called Lion ended, and I couldn't stop crying. It struck a deep chord within me, a heart and soul opening that was undeniable. This movie highlights a young man's journey to find his biological family after being separated from them as a child and then adopted. His courageous journey to find his birth mother reminded me of my own journey to find my mother who disappeared from my life when I was only eight years old. We both began searching for our moms around the same age. Although I had conducted a year-long search for my mother while in my late 20s, I never actually found her and never got the physical closure I had desired back then. But my brother was doing some genealogy research recently 
and discovered that our mother had applied for a marriage license in Cleveland, Ohio in 1968. Only two years after she escaped from the mental health facility where she had been taken after her suicide attempt. Cautiously, we began to hope that she might still find, we might still find her alive. In order to pursue the lead, I asked a friend of mine and his partner, who was a genealogy expert, to assist me in locating my mother's marriage license. My friend Michael went to the Cuyahoga County Courthouse on my behalf since he was familiar with the process of how to obtain such documents. When he brought me the license and I saw my mother's name on the page, memories flashed before me like a home movie. The summer pool parties she threw for my birthdays, the brown and white spotted cow costume she made me for Halloween, the wedding picture with her in her army dress uniform, and my last memory of her watching through the window of my father's car as she was driven away in an ambulance. My friend Michael ran my mother's birth date, social security number, and last known address through a people finder website, just hoping that we might still find her alive. Given her known history of drug abuse and mental illness, I was skeptical of finding her alive, yet my hope was still strong. I remembered feeling drawn to move to Cleveland in 1983, the same place my mother had applied for her marriage license after her disappearance. Had I been tracing her energetic footsteps unaware? The coincidence was too great. So when we had the new information, Michael and I started searching military records, and we learned that a fire at the facility where her records had been kept had destroyed them. So that was another blow to we thought might be an obstacle on our path. But we also learned that her mental health records at the psychiatric institution where she had been a patient had already been sealed by the state of Pennsylvania when the facility closed. So that was a dead end. But despite our setbacks, we persisted. So one day while Googling alternative spellings of my mother's last name, Michael found a misspelling of my mother's married name, Skagel instead of Skasel, which led him to a military cemetery at Fort Collins, Colorado. Ultimately, we did find a picture of a grave marker on which was written the same first name, middle initial, birth date, enlistment date, and military rank as those of my mother. And when we verified it with the Social Security office, it substantiated each piece of information and confirmed that the burial site was definitely my mother's. I had found out that she had died on November 4th, 1969. It felt like a door had slammed shut and I felt completely engulfed in grief. I knew for certain now that I would never see her again. I would never be able to ask her the questions that had haunted me for so many years. But alongside the overwhelming grief was relief. The reason we hadn't been reunited after all these years wasn't because she didn't want to see me. It was because she had died. And so before I experienced this closure, I had carried around these feelings of hurt, sadness, and abandonment like an anvil pressing upon my chest. 
And some days that weight made it difficult to breathe, let alone love myself, create healthy relationships, or even follow my dreams. But since discovering that my mom is no, li no longer living, I've been relieved of that burden of what if. And so when I imagine her sitting next to me, like right now, I no longer feel any anger or hurt toward her, only love and a sense of peace. And it's been through loving and letting it all be that I can forgive myself for being a motherless daughter. I no longer feel disappointment in my mother's choices or the limitations of her love because I now have compassion for her traumatic life and the love she never received herself. So experiencing her in a more positive light has brought me into a state of grace where I am able to accept what is and forgive what, it, and forgive what isn't. To me, that is the ultimate letting it be. So letting it be inspires me to let go of, the, of my mind and, con, and any control and lead with my heart as it whispers words of wisdom. Letting each day unfold perfectly, guiding it with positive intentions and making the choices to align with this amazing journey for me is letting it all be. So do you have the courage to lead with your heart as it whispers words of wisdom? Have a blessed and beautiful day, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Soul Hearted Living Podcast. You're invited to claim Dr. Rebel's free four-part sacred meditation series at DebraRebel.com.